May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Okay, so this is the third year in a row that I've preached on the Feast of St. Matthew, and, and I still haven't quite figured it out. Oh, I get what the story is trying to teach us, and we'll most likely talk about that. But what I still don't understand is the why of it. Why did Matthew just get up and go when Jesus called him saying, follow me? And according to our gospel lesson, that's exactly what Matthew did. He just got up, he left everything exactly where it was and followed. The gospel is very clear that Matthew is a tax collector. And tax collectors were like the ultimate outcasts in both Roman and Jewish society. They were pretty much persona non grata everywhere. The Romans used them to collect taxes, the tax collector would charge way more than the exorbitant fees that Rome already demanded, and then they skimmed off a bit off the top for themselves in the process. It was exploitive, and it was a system that Rome used to keep their boots on the neck of the conquered Jews. So why did Matthew just get up and go? As disliked as he was, he was probably making a good living as a tax collector, and there probably wasn't much else for him to do. And while I was thinking about why Matthew did what he did, a, a scene from the American president came running through my head. And it, it's when the president's aide challenges him to do something, to, to say something about what was happening. And the aide says to the president that the people are so hungry and thirsty that they will crawl through the desert and drink the sand. And the president replies, no. People drink the sand because they don't know any better. And so I wonder, was Matthew just sitting there in that tax booth because it's, it's what he'd always done and he didn't know what else to do? He didn't know a way out. He was despised by everyone around him. And then Jesus saw him, really saw him, not as a tax collector. What must that have felt like to be seen for exactly who you are and love absolutely and completely? Perhaps Matthew never realized how hungry and thirsty he was to be seen and to be loved by God. Loved, no questions asked, no judgment, exactly as he was, Matthew. Not Matthew the tax collector, but simply Matthew. Love for exactly who he was. And maybe, just maybe, that's the answer to my why. But then I wonder more. And I wonder, how does this gospel speak to us today, right now, as we're just trying to get through this year 2020, with a deadly virus still in the air, literally, and as we grieve for 200,000 people dead as of today, 
We are living through a political season unlike anything we have ever known, one that is challenging our beliefs in our systems and in our country. And for many of us, there's that recognition that justice and equality at times is elusive for many of our fellow Americans. And today we're listening to this gospel lesson of Jesus calling Matthew to follow him. And I think that this lesson has always been really, really important. But today, in today's climate of fear and grief and division, it's even more so. When Jesus was rebuked for dining with sinners and tax collectors, he replied, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Jesus was reminding his followers then and now that we are being asked, we are being called to care more about how we treat one another rather than any outward shows of piety or about false words or false rituals. And following Jesus is not easy. We can come to church every single Sunday, well, or church online every single Sunday. We can announce to all who will listen what good Christians we are. But if we can't or we won't treat others with love and compassion, then we might, we might just be missing the point. And this doesn't mean that we just sit around working on our compassion and our piety. We are being called to follow. That's an action verb. To help heal this world we live in. To work for justice and peace for everyone. An author recently wrote in response to a question on how he could help right now in this crazy world. He talked about how each morning he would say to God, show me the way. And then recently he began to add the words, use me. If we find ourselves staring at the ceiling in the middle of the night, worrying about the state of everything, why don't we start adding the words, use me to our prayers. Use me to be of service in my community or my family or to others that have never even occurred to us to even think about and follow wherever God is leading us. And while we might not always be comfortable or even safe, use me to stand up and speak out on issues of justice and equality for all of God's children. If you want some ideas, you can talk to me, you can call or email. There are so many ways you can help folks to have enough food or clothing, help kids learn to read, or you can volunteer to be a poll worker or call folks and reminding them to vote. And I do know that finding ways to be of service is, is not a fix for all that is wrong, but it's a start. We are reminded to not be overwhelmed by the enormity of the world's grief, but to do what we can, where we can.
Jesus saw Matthew for who he was and loved him just as he was and said, follow me. And today, Jesus has turned his gaze unto you and unto me. And he's loving us just as we are. No perfection required. And he's saying, follow me. And if we get up from whatever is holding us back, then we have no choice, absolutely no choice, but to turn and to fling open the doors and extend that love and mercy to everyone. There is much that is out of our control, but we can start with love and do what we are called to do and do it with courage and conviction, remembering that we are never alone. Amen.